0: This is a Sydney EO production. Welcome to episode 26 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Gaurav Oberoi. How are you, Gaurav? I'm good, Brendan, and welcome to FEA Support Office. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. I've... um, actually worked out perfectly this morning. I've got a new electric mountain bike and uh, I ride over here with my uh, sound equipment on my back and so it's all working out perfectly.
1: Well done, man. a cool
0: morning. <laughs> now, um, I had your wife on the show a couple of episodes ago and she flipped the tables and didn't give me the, the story of um, Afia. So I've come in here today to interview you. The first thing I want to know is um, it's, it's a bit of a rarity having husbands and wives in, in EO. Can you tell me a little bit about... Um, did you guys join at the same time, or what was the story behind joining EO?
1: So, Isha first joined and founded um, an organization with Entrepreneurs Organization, that such an organization existed. She probably had a bigger need than myself at the time. I came from a corporate background working with Cisco, and she was the one who was uh, the founder for EFIA. Um, and having worked and grown the business for five odd years, she was looking at a, for a platform where she could have like-minded people and support her through the journey. So she was the first one who joined EO. Um, I joined the business that particular year, uh, so I waited about a year to actually look at EO and what that would offer me uh, and join it.
0: And so did you see changes in Asia over that first year when you weren't a member?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So one of the big things about entrepreneurs is that you quite alone at the top. Um, You think what is right. Uh, You're getting um, inputs and advice from people around you, uh, which is one thing. But then the other is being in a room full of entrepreneurs and um, having those discussions and then evolving yourself as a person uh, to incorporate those
0: learnings and experiences and refining yourself every day. And so... um Has there been some strategies that you've had to put in place like, you know, you're a couple, you're both in EO. First of all, how many couples are there in EO, do you know? It's a different subset. It is, it is. (laughs) I don't think, uh, I haven't come across
1: a lot, uh, to be honest, uh, within Sydney EO chapter. Um, It is a rarity, but at the same time, I think
0: it is a privilege as well. So, yeah, uh, like any other relationship. It's because I mean, normally you have to when you go to an event. Often it's no partners, but for you guys, that rule would not apply because you're both members.
1: Absolutely, it, uh, and having two kids, uh, little kids at home, uh, sometimes those uh, EO events is uh, double
0: up as uh, dates as well, so we oh, get a okay. personal time. Yeah, nice. So yeah. leave the kids at home with family, and absolutely, and and make the most up. of it. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what uh, AFIA is, and and. Yeah, what, what do you guys do now? And then maybe we'll get into the backstory.
1: That's a very interesting question. What is FEA? fear? Um, I
0: believe FEA fear is
1: an idea um, an idea to contribute back in the community, uh, bring a social change, do things right, live by, by values, um, look for more people that share those values and sentiments, and come together and become having a bigger impact that we can in the society. So that's what FEA fear is. Uh, what we do exactly from a service perspective, so we're an approved provider under the home care packages, which is aged care, mm-hmm. um, and also National Disability Insurance Scheme. Essentially, we do not, at this stage, offer um, facility-based services. So we support people that are living in their own homes. Okay. And our carers and nurses go out and about, um, helping them stay independent for as long as possible and help build capacities if they have certain type of condition or disability.
0: Is that a growing trend, people wanting to stay in their homes for longer? There's been a
1: research around that um, and it is certainly a trend. It is also backed by economic um, sounding. So
0: so when you say that it's actually cheaper to stay at home than going to some kind of nursing home, is that way. you mean? Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So one is um, we live in our own homes. We are part of a community, a local community that we live in, the shops around the corner, the people in our neighbourhood and so on and so forth. And when the person is ageing or has a condition um, where they need extra supports and being asked to put into a facility, you take away everything mm. that they think is their community. And they need to then come... Um, around that change and build themselves up even more. And a lot of people don't make that. So you start to see deterioration in their mental and physical health and well-being. Staying at home, that option is great because it allows the person to stay in their own home which they've been used to, stay in the same neighbourhood, have people around them, know the local shops, the bakery, the grocer, the meat shop, and so on and so forth, and have those connections, and still have the family visit them more often than you would if you are in a residential facility. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no one likes going to nursing homes. No, <laughs> no. and the, the statistics show that the average um, age of a person once they go into a facility is roughly between four to six years, compared to if they stay at home the trend generally stays about 16-odd years. So it's far more positive to stay in their own home. Mm. Um, and the other is you become more dependent when you go into a facility. So you start to have uh, dementia worse than off. You start to lose your physical health more if you're in a facility versus in your own home.
0: Do you think that that's because maybe you're surrounded by like-minded people? No, I sort of of said that jokingly, but I wonder if that is a, you know, like as entrepreneurs we like to be surrounded by other entrepreneurs because it helps you raise your game. I'm, I'm wondering if the opposite effect happens for some people when they go into a nursing home, that people are deteriorating and then so they just go with the flow.
1: The surrounding conditions definitely is a contributing factor. Um, there's more to that so that's not the only factor like with us entrepreneurs I think being surrounded by like-minded people is one thing and then certainly the second thing is practicing what we're trying to do um, and delivering on those things so there's other factors in play Uh, for people that are um, in a facility absolutely yes one they're surrounded by people that are on a downhill or deteriorating with age and they have different extremity of condition individually individually Secondly, it is also because we've taken away the level of independence and they have been put in an institution to follow a certain rule book. Mm-hmm. So there's less maneuverability um, and opportunity to be creative and keep doing things themselves. You don't have to cook a meal yourself, even if you are assisted. Now you'll be served from a kitchen, as an example. So you start to lose the very skills that you had. You right. start to lose the independence of showering yourself. So, facility is fine if you've already lost a lot of those abilities and now you definitely need someone to support you 24-7. But if you're
0: not there yet, you're better off staying at home. Yeah. So your service basically, so you were saying it's aged care, so people that are older, that helps them stay in their home for longer. What what does that look like, I mean, for the average client that you service? would Would you go daily or is it a couple of times a week or...?
1: It would vary. Yeah. So we classify them from low care to high care um, and some to even critical. The low care would be the ones that are just above 65. They might not be able to do everything at home.
0: Did, you, did you say 65? 65. That seems so young.
1: That does seem so young, but at the same time, it depends on the, uh, the background of yeah. the person and also uh, what ailments or conditions they've had in their life journey that might put them at a certain situation. So um, mentally they might be perfectly fine, but Mm. at the same time physically they might be having joint pains and other things uh, which would restrict them from being able to discharge certain day-to-day duties. Um, So our carers might drop in once or twice a week to be able to help them with domestic tasks, as an example, at home, Uh, getting them some shopping because if they can't drive anymore and things like that. Uh, will pick up their groceries and everything else, have them delivered, and help them do the chopping and things like that, simple things, so they can cook the food for the rest of the week and remain doing it themselves. As they progressively um, deteriorate over time or have other conditions added, it could become more frequent and could be something to do with personal care, so helping them shower, iron their clothes, get dressed, grooming, and so on and so forth. Um, and if it is a critical client, it could be... They might be bedridden. So as an example, we might be using manual uh, hoist, uh, which is to transport them from bed to a chair, mm-hmm. help them um, get into the toilet, have a shower, make sure that they're taking their medication, um, and then feeding them, putting them back in the bed, making sure everything is clean and mm. they can stay at home.
0: So does the government support that kind of help? I mean, and... I. Well, as you were telling me this, I'm like, oh, so it's kind of like everybody knows Meals on Wheels, that yes. brand. Is it, <laughs> is it kind of like that? or
1: It is kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, there is uh, a lot of subsidy, um, so approximately 65% of Australia's budget goes towards social support, whether wow. that's towards aged care um, and or disability combined.
0: It's a big issue, isn't it, because we're living longer, the government finances are already stretched and... We're, gonna, we're now we're going to have to support people for longer and longer. Absolutely.
1: So it's a challenge both on the economic front as well as the workforce front. Um, and as we the baby boomers are coming to that aging, um, and we're seeing trend where more and more people are staying at home and living longer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are living well. Mm. So that also means that we need significant amount of workforce and also a lot of technology to become them highly productive. And efficient in delivering those supports to people that need it most.
0: Who who generally services these people? Like, what's your carer? Um, are they from, <clears throat> like, for example, are they first generation Australians, or is there, a, like, I don't want to box what the typical worker is, but I'm just wondering how, as a as a as a culture, as a society, we're going to support. One of these aging this aging population.
1: So our work is, uh we'll call them different personas. Okay. Um, <laughs> so one is uh the ethnicity and the background and um it's quite multicultural because the yep. end of the day uh, we operate in Sydney Metro. Yeah. Um and it's uh, highly um, Yeah, it's a multicultural diverse yeah. yep. population. Absolutely. Um especially majority of the service are delivered in the western part of Sydney and the southern part of Sydney, and some in north and east. Um, And we find greater ethnic uh, mix in those particular suburbs. Mm -hmm. In terms of the workers themselves, they come from different uh, culturally and linguistic uh, backgrounds. Um, There's a lot of native Australians that have been there. Um, There's also a lot of migrants coming into the country and taking up these jobs. Uh, collectively most of our workers uh, and majority of them speak about 38 different languages not each not each (laughs) (laughs) that'd be good Uh, the most common ones Uh, and then again we have uh, workers that speak more than that um, and come from different backgrounds
0: so not only are you a, a caring agent you also have to be a bit of a matchmaker to make sure that they're culturally matched Absolutely.
1: So skills, it's um, one thing, which is a person might know what to do, um, and they would have the certifications, qualifications, and so on and so forth, um, as well as the trainings delivered to them. But the soft skills are more important. It is also more important how they connect with the end client or the recipient of the care, as well as the family members. And being able to support in their own home also means that they need to understand uh, the cultural sensitivities, Um, some people
0: might have because of their background it must be challenging to get you know everybody has staff problems so how how many contractors do you have i mean you must have quite a lot of contractors out there
1: are they all our staff so they're they're all all employees we don't we don't um, have any contractors okay
0: wow so how many carers do you have
1: Uh, We have a bit over 350-odd carers spread across Sydney. Okay. Um, And our support office, we call our head office support office because we're supporting the core activity (coughs) of delivering care. Um, In our support office, we have uh, a bit north of
0: uh, 40-odd full-time staff. Wow. So you're approaching 400 staff. Close to that, yes. Wow. That sounds like a lot of headaches. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of people. Yeah, it Two sounds like, legs. yeah. yeah. Um,
1: they are headaches if uh, you f- get people that aren't culturally and value aligned. Yeah. Um, they not a headache and they're great contributors if they're culturally and value aligned. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and which is, I guess, the same with every business, right? Absolutely. Getting, the, getting everyone on the same page and... A lot of communication and a sometimes com- overcommunication. communication. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And so how, how would you go about getting new business? Like, because I would imagine in this, like the NDIS, we'll, we'll get onto that in a, in a little bit, but um, how do you find work? Is it word of mouth? Because it must be hard to market, you know, it's highly fragmented individuals in their homes yes. needing care, maybe they're on the, you know, starting to deteriorate. I guess that the target market is the families of those people or...?
1: Combination. Yeah. So one is uh, you brought up a very good point regarding NDIS, which is a National Disability Insurance Scheme. So firstly, it's an insurance scheme, not a welfare scheme. There's a big difference from a um, what that means and how the scheme is delivered or the services are delivered. So going back on to when you talked about the aged care... That's a welfare scheme, and that's run by Department of Health at a national level. And we have uh, short-term care for, as an example, an elderly person who is generally independent, but might have undergone a surgery, so they might need an interim care, which is about six to 12 weeks. And they would get those supports till they are back on the feet, and they're off on their own again. And then there's people that go on to the home care package, which keeps them at home ongoing before they would need
0: a residential care. So, are you saying that the government assigns a package, a package, and then? But is it up to the individual to find the carer, or is it does the Department of Human Services match the patient with? It's you? up to
1: the uh, family, right, on that, and the government would give them a list, which is the My Age Care portal. So, yep. once they get allocated a package, so they would go under an assessment yep. uh, through an ACAT team, which is a local South Wales um, health department, they'll yeah. send out a person, yeah. they'll do an initial phone survey to who you are, what you need you would might have a recommendation from your local GP they will send out a person who will do a complete assessment on your needs and your condition and thereafter determine whether you are fit to receive a package and what level of package that should be. When they say a package it's generally aligned to the care plan which right. states what type of services would assist you Yeah, it then also have a dollar value against it because what those services would mean on an annual basis from a dollar perspective, how much would the government contribute and how much is the contribution
0: from an individual expected to be? So it's a combination. Is it, um, I'm just saying, I'm seeing. Um, perhaps is there anything in the system that allows people, you know, does the government pay the individual and then the individual pays you or does the money go from the government directly to... After yeah. To the provider. To the, okay. So, what well, the. That's good. It's good that they've been smart enough to do that because I was thinking, gee, you could pay the individual and they they could say, I've oh, so had the carer, but never get it and keep the money.
1: So, it does happen under NDIS. Uh, um, right. So, okay. there is, so I'll, I'll, I'll touch that separately. For, okay. So, finishing off on the aged care side or yep. talking about that. This goes to, so the aged care roughly has around 800 odd um, providers that are approved by Department of Health. But that's just, that's
0: New South Wales. Or uh, nationally?
1: That's uh, nationally. Okay. Um, so 800-odd providers and uh, so it's very hard to become an approved provider and mm. a lot of compliance and regulatory checks and balances that happen.
0: I'm glad you started the business name with A. You're at the top of the list. Interestingly, <laughs> it wasn't the intention but it worked yeah, out that way it has, so it's in our favor. We have, we have a similar uh, thing with the health and safety business I run. We, we start with A for Alert <laughs> Force and... It's on those government lists, it's uh, it's absolute gold. You're always at the top. <laughs> Great, isn't it?
1: <laughs> so, um, so the the client of the family then has an opportunity to go onto the portal and look up the providers and search them by the postcode, the area and the type of services, and then ring them and find out their rates and costs and things like that and then decide okay. who can provide the best service. So that's one. Yep. The second is obviously uh, the trust that you build within the communities and having... Alliances through your GP networks and allied health and so on and so forth. Yeah, and the client or the family member might be in contact with one of those already, getting some services, and they might ask, "Who is a recommended care provider?" Okay, and they can then have the regular conversations and then select the right provider. So
0: it sounds like a lot of referral. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yep.
1: So um, a lot of healthcare works through referrals. Yeah. Um, there is a, an element of marketing. Uh, that goes out and about, which could be digital, it could be personalised, it could be in the community through an events and things like that. Yeah. It's a combination
0: of a lot of those things. Okay. And then so we'll just briefly, because we're, we're running out of time, but the NDIS, that's a huge change to the way Australia manages, I guess, what, disabled people or...? The way
1: Australians um, support people with disability. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Okay.
0: So it's a sea change. It's gone from
1: a welfare scheme... That used to be run by the states to now federally controlled national disability insurance agency Um, the difference between the aged care to ndis is ndis pays 100 percent cost of the support so the person with disability is not expected to contribute anything
0: oh i see
1: they have choice and control so it's gone from highly regulated um, provider-centric funding so the providers used to tender to the government to get x amount of money um, and then being able to deliver certain services to people in areas they might serve to the clients or the participants, as NDIs calls them. They then applying to become uh, funded by NDIA, being assessed, allocated a certain amount of money in the pseudo bank account, Hmm. and from there on selecting the provider that can help them get those supports. And they, compared to home care package, may elect if a person is capable of managing their own finances, they could be self-managed, which would mean NDIA would actually pay into their bank account and they can then pay the provider that they use or the number of providers they might use for different type
0: of services. How do they, how do they keep a lid on that? I mean, that sounds like it's open for abuse to me. There is
1: abuse um, by certain providers across the industry. It could be abused by the families as well in terms of how they operate. Mm. And there are audits, checks and balances that the agency is putting in place and has put in place. Yep. Um, the scheme is relatively new. It's still a $20 billion startup in this third year. So it has a lot of challenges. Mm. But at the same time, it's given a lot of opportunities. And the scheme has been evolving month on month mm. and becoming better.
0: So is that the future for AFIR? Or is it a combination between the two, the aged care scheme and, and NDIS?
1: We'd like to think it is a combination between the two. In saying that over the last three odd years, three years back we used to be 70, 30, 70% of our um, revenues coming from aged care sector and 30% from disability. Today 5% come from aged care and 95% come from disability.
0: Oh, Wow. That's that's a big change.
1: That's a big change. The other big change is we used to be a business-to-business organisation, which is the large not-for-profits used to dominate the sector. They still do um, in saying that they would then get the tenders and the funding and then subcontract their services to approve somebody like us. Yeah, We were an agency back then. That's After getting our own approvals, we are an approved provider, so we... Almost became a competitor to them, yeah, and are perceived as a big competitor and threat to them as opposed to yeah. an agency that they could subcontract to.
0: It sounds like it may have been easier in some way before. To you know, we, we had perfected that model, so we were growing very <laughs> quick. Oh, you will do it again. We'll uh, we, do it again.
1: We'll do it again. Absolutely. The last three years, we've still grown whilst we lost the old business because once we turned into a con- com- potential competitor or perceived competitor. Um, the funding went away and a lot of them stopped giving us any Yeah. so we literally lost the whole business so within the first year oh. of transition um, there was a massive holes in the bucket and we had to quickly take on direct new clients mm. to build an absolutely new business um, rebuild the systems, the processes uh, it was an interesting year I must say uh, and a lot of.
0: I bet <laughs> alright Gaurav, well, we'll just wrap up now um, I had some short questions to ask uh, how old are you? I'll be turning 40 this year. Okay. And what do you like to do to keep fit? Gym 5.30 in
1: the morning, uh, eat right. Yep. And Isha plays a big part in that, uh, making sure I keep running around. Okay. After my kids. (laughs) (laughs) And how many hours sleep are you getting each night? I tend to sleep about six, five to six hours. That
0: seems to be enough for me. Okay. That's good. And do you have any personal goals that you're looking to achieve in the next 12 months? The personal goals are more around my
1: own health and well-being, um, and that's uh, both from the mental as well as physical aspect.
0: Yeah, okay, great. And then on the business front, what would you like to be most remembered for?
1: On the business front,
0: I'd like to be remembered for the impact that I make in the community. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, And just finally, if people want to learn a little bit more about AFIA, what's your website address? The AFIA website address is
1: www.afea.com.au.
0: Okay, Goro, thanks very much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Same here, Brendan. Thanks for having me.